Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply from Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. This weekend, the World Rally Championship returns to the legendary Monte Carlo. We have a record-breaking, youngest-ever world champion, drivers in new teams, new management, and the evolution of the Rally 1 hybrid monsters. Now, fans know how good this sport is, but... Increasing social media coverage continues to spread the rally word to new audiences. And because of that, I've titled the podcast, as you'll have noticed in your app, if you're listening to this, is WRC Motorsports Sleeping Giant. Let's find out. Today we ask, can Hyundai pick up where they left off? How will Cali Rovan Pera cope with the weight on his shoulders of being the champion? And do we have a true, true three-way fight for the first time in a long time in 2023. Let's get up to speed with our rally man, Tom Howard. Hey, Tom, welcome back to the Autosport podcast. You must be so excited about rally this year. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really exciting. If we weren't uh, already sort of like excited by the new cars and everything last year, uh, this year perhaps the excitement's even more because, as you said there, we've got new drivers, new uh, new driver lineups, and uh, rally winners or champions, shall we say, in each of the teams, which is a spicy uh, concoction there, ready for a real real tight title fight, which we're all looking forward to. Let's tell our listeners why, and I'll see if I can make my case as we do this next fifteen minutes of why I think WRC is about to wake up to a wider audience. I'm actually not going to start with our new world champion. We'll get to him in a moment, but rather a former one. Oit Tanak comes into M Sport. Now that team know they have signed somebody who they simply must deliver for. He's a star signing. Do you think M Sport can rise to the occasion? So firstly, we should just clear up for anyone who has who, who doesn't follow WRC that M Sport isn't a full manufacturer-backed team like Toyota and Hyundai. So they don't quite have the same resource 
as those two. So they really have to sort of cut their cloth accordingly. Um, but for this, you know, after a dismal, should we say, dismal last season where they only had one win, which was Monte Carlo, and a couple of podiums after that, um, they needed to make some changes. Um, you know, Malcolm Wilson, the team boss, he doesn't come here just to make up the numbers. He comes here to to, to win rallies and to to win titles. So he's uh, he's cut his cloth accordingly. We've got two full-time entrants, and one of those is Oitanek, the 2019 world champion. Um, he left Hyundai uh, after three years at the end of last year with a se- with a year co- uh, contract still on his um, so, sorry with a year still on his contract. So uh, he was quite unhappy with how things went at Hyundai. The, the relationship kind of broke down. He needed uh, somewhere new to go, and he's rejoined M Sport, which is the team that gave him his first break uh, back in 2011. Um, and it's where he's got his first podium and his first win. So there's a lot of history. There's a, it's a homecoming of sorts. Uh, and this is really the sort of key piece in the puzzle for M-Sport. They needed uh, a world champion or a genuine rally winner to, to lift and, and to spearhead their challenge. And in Oitz, they've got one. But you're, to answer your question, can they deliver for him? There is no option other than they have to. Like They have to deliver for Oitanak. Um, yes, they don't have the resource, but we, but Oitz has been assured that the development will continue with the Puma. They do have a, a very strong relationship with Ford in the US, Ford Performance, who helped design the Puma. So they do have the resource there, not perhaps not quite as, as much as the other two teams. But if they nail their direction of development correctly and Oitz gives them the feedback that they need to do that and the two combine, you have got a genuine title contender in, in, their, in their possibility. Um, and... One thing we will say about M Sport is they've been clever here in terms of only putting in, putting out two full time cars. Last season they perhaps overstretched their resources, running five cars sometimes, and it, you could see that it was too much. How, scaling back to two really puts the focus on making sure that they can give everything they need to Oitanek for him to do or for him to challenge for this title with Pierre Louis Loubet as a as a really worthy assistant in the, in the second car. So yes, my answer is yes, but we uh, we will wait and see. What are Tanak's qualities that you think could bring the title to M Sport? There's no question marks about his ability. We've seen what he can do and he's won a world title in 2019 with Toyota. He was extremely dominant that year. And let's not forget that that was sort of the, the only sort of gap in the... Before Cali struck last year, it was the only gap in the sort of Sebastian reign where Loeb and Auger dominated for decades. So he he can beat the best. But also what probably stands out last year more than ever was his ability to extract the most out of a car that perhaps isn't the best. So and this it, this could be key for M Sport in terms of if it is found that the Puma is maybe slightly lacking compared to the Hyundai and Toyotas, in Tanak, they've got someone who can uh, rise above that, shall we say, because in Finland last year, in a Hyundai that was quite wayward, Tanak was supreme and managed to be able to beat Kali Rovenpera in, in the best machine out there. So um, that is, that's probably the skill of Tanak is the fact that he can really wrangle the best out of anything. And I think this is where his skills already kind of come to the fore because he's got to learn a new car, a new team. But I don't have any concerns over that. I'm pretty sure he will get that pretty quickly and he'll be on the pace with the rest. Next, Hyundai. What about the hierarchy at that team and the leadership? Now, Julian Monsey was the man who had to take over at short notice last year, and there was a brand new car, new set of regulations, new hybrid power. Um, he's no longer in charge, though. What's happened there? 
So Hyundai is a very curious case if you look at last season because if you look at it on paper, it was their most successful year ever. They didn't win any titles, but they won five rallies, which is the most they've ever done in a single season. But that is only a snippet of the story because (laughs) they were so far behind, up to six months behind their opposition because of a late... Uh, green light to join the new regulations so the car was delayed then they lost their long-time team principal Andrea Adamo who left in December there was a huge testing accident for Thierry Neville so that car was written off so they were chasing their tails for basically the first half of the season with a underdeveloped and an unreliable i20n but credit to Julian Monse and uh, sort of a, you know d- despite a lot of leadership struggles should we say um, because he was sort of just thrusted into sort of a control when we didn't know if he was going to be replaced mid-season or whether he was going to be there the whole year like it was, it's, it's hard for him to do that but he managed to bring the team together to score five rally wins and in the second half of the year they outscored Toyota which were the champions so they closed the gap remarkably um, and it probably doesn't get enough credit for what they did there so in many ways, I'm very excited to see what they do this year because if they can close the gap from being that far behind at the start of the season, what are we going to see if they're a much more equal start to this year? Will we actually see Hyundai actually overtake Toyota? Because the way that they were going at the second half of the year, it was suggesting that they were going to. So both teams have made changes to their cars and certainly in the aero department on both cars and the engine on the Toyota. So we will see, but I think we are uh, generally going to see a, quite a strong um, a strong, strong challenge from Hyundai. And now under the new uh, management with Cyril Abitual coming in, uh, his Formula 1 experience, what what I've actually written in a column for the magazine this week is uh, I feel like, yes, Cyril doesn't have the rally experience, but his man management skills could be exactly what Hyundai need to pull this team together to really take on Toyota. Well, this time last year, like you say, Hyundai were in dire straits. You're about to head off to Monty. I think Thierry Neuville, who was the highest place finisher, finisher for them, was something. he was something seven or eight minutes off yeah, the it was, lead. It was, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but they, you know, they, but they turned it around. Can they continue that in 2023, given that some people have said they screwed up by losing their star man? Well, this is the interesting thing. Uh, so Thierry Neville is still going to be there as the team leader, but they've brought in Essa Pekalapi from Toyota, which is actually quite a shrewd little signing there. Um, and they've got Craig Breen from M Sport to share the third car with Danny Sordo. So all four of those are experienced heads and only three of them have won rallies. So they've got plenty of experience there to deliver what they need. Um, for me, Lappi is quite an interesting signing because, yes, he's going to take some time to get used to the car and everything, but having spoken to him after his first test in the Hyundai, um, he actually said there wasn't much of a gap between that and the Toyota he's just driven, uh, the, the, the car that won the World Championship last season. So clearly, if, if Lappi thinks that uh, there isn't much of a gap between the two cars, then we are probably set for quite some challenge uh, and some championship this year. So, yeah, from, from that side of things, I think Lappi's solid. He will get you podiums. He will he he will challenge for victories. He's shown that he has the pace. But for me, Thierry's probably the team leader still. Uh, and he's your best chance at a, at a title. But a, t- a Hyundai that's in control of itself and, and not chasing their tail for six, six months could be quite a fearsome prospect for the rest of the field. Yeah, I think I agree with you that I think Thierry Neuville is the undisputed team leader. He's been there since the start. Cut him and he will bleed Hyundai. It's his team. But 
it's a full season for Esapeka Lappi. And I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him. A really nice guy, but once he's behind the wheel, he's a really, really fierce competitor. Uh, although, you know, a, a, a lovely chap, like most, most of these guys are, but fiercely driven. So do you think there could possibly be a battle for number one status in that team? Because Neuville's going to assume that it's him. Our editor, Kevin Turner, said on a recent podcast, he described him as always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. But I'm wondering, is 2023 possibly Thierry time? Yeah, it could, it could well be. It, it could well be for Thierry. But the problem he's got, though, is he's got, obviously, to try and stop Caleron Bera, Oitzanak, and, and also we, f- we should mention Elfin Evans in that mix too because he's definitely going to be in the mix as well. It, it's actually, arguably, yes, the, the entries are quite small in terms of Rally 1, but if you look at the quality of them, you could argue it's one of the best uh, from a terms of quality of driver that the championships had for a long time because they're all very capable. So, um, yeah, it could be for Thierry, but Thierry, the thing with Thierry is he's got to... He's got to perform better on the rallies that he doesn't like. So, the you know, the Rally Finlands, the, those sort of areas. Um, he sort of, you could see last season, he just felt, he's like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, so I'm just going to settle for for fourth, fifth or sixth. He, he kind of has to really push, I think, a bit harder if he really wants to win this championship because, you know, the likes of Robin Perry and Tanak are not going to just settle um, in, in rallies where they, they think they're, they're not going to be on the pace. And for Thierry, he has to cut out mistakes. Like like Belgium last year when he, he crashed out the lead. You you have got... The, can, I don't think you can make any mistakes really this year without being punished because that's how close it could be. So for me, he's got to tidy himself up a little bit, but there's no questions about his commitment or um, that you know his work ethic. He will he will as you said you cut him he bleeds hard. Like he will do everything possible. And I think you know it summed up last year in Croatia where the car broke down. But yeah, he was willing to push it for a kilometer to get to service. Like this guy just doesn't give up. Like he's uh, he's an absolute warrior in terms of that. So yeah, it'd be interesting. And as I said, Lappi could be very useful to him because yeah, there was a bit of. Um, uh, shall we say the, the relationship between Thierry and Oit wasn't the, the best shall we say and I think with Lappi he's a bit more you know I think he's a bit more amiable shall we say he's he's, he's unusual for a Finn I know it's a big stereotype but when you talk to Tessa Pecker he's quite quite open loves to talk a lot you know he, he likes to have a joke you know you can get you know he's, he wears his heart on his sleeve like he's he's very sort of open and uh, I think it, I think it could be a good mix I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we've done two teams. We'll get on to the next one. And we've made our listeners wait for our youngest ever world champion, Cali Rovenpera, uh, in the history of the sports. In a way, obviously winning the title last year was mega. But possibly coming back to my thesis of this podcast that WRC is about to wake up as a sleeping giant that's been maybe, you know, waking up a little bit in recent years. But this year, if it all plays out how we think it might do with all of these top top drivers in different teams, could this be a more difficult challenge to defend his championship? I, th- I, I absolutely agree. I agree with you. And so does Cali, actually. Cali has said that this is going to be more difficult than last year, which is a big statement in a way because to win your first title is often thought as one of the hardest things to do. But he's already thinking that given the way that the championships rolled out already with moving to M Sport, uh, having three, you know, having two teams to really fight against instead of one. Um, yeah, this is going to be tough. This is going to be, as I, I think, it's his toughest toughest examination yet for Cali Robin Perry to see just what a driver he is. We know what he can do, but and let's remember a lot of his success last year, and not to take anything away from what he did last year because he was phenomenal. The first half of the season, he really built that championship, and that was exactly the same time that Hyundai was struggling. If he's coming into a championship where Hyundai are, 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 and M Sport are, are winning from the get go, then this is where it's going to be interesting. He could find himself behind in the championship early doors and it'd be keen to see how he reacts to that and what how he reacts to the pressure and the expectation now of him going out there and, and performing. I'd like to see how, you know, I think that's going to be a key area, how he's going to deal with that pressure. And the way that Cali is, he's so unflappable, cool, calm, collected though. You know, he's just, it's difficult to see him sort of, falling into a trap of getting stressed out and I think the only time we really saw it was in Belgium which is shortly before he had this monumental crash but that was only because of a, a, some sort of timing or logistics error from the organisers that had rattled Cali and his co-driver Yoni so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see how he copes with this he, he obviously knows he realises that this is going to be difficult and perhaps harder than ever and a key stat here to remind everyone is that only five drivers have defended their WRC titles in the history of the championship. So the 50 years of WRC, it's only uh, Juha Kankinen, Mickey Biazion, Tommy Mackinnon, Sebastian Loeb and Sebastian Ogier that have successfully defended titles. So he, it's an exclusive club. Uh, it's not easy. So this will be key to see whether he can join that club. Yeah, look, if he does smash it this year and grow and develop and extend his dominance, they should give him the next six titles right now. Then it's ominous, but I'm not sure that's how it's going to play out. He has, you know, arguably the toughest set of teammates in terms of the overall strength. Uh, Elvin Evans is no walkover. Could they end up taking points off each other if the Toyota's a good car this year? And you've got Ogier in the mix Maybe I've even offended a few Evans fans by not saying it's a four-way fight for the title this year because he'll fancy it. And Elfin, as I said in, in our season preview uh, this week, is I think he's going to be the most hungry of the the contenders because of the season that he had last year really didn't meet his expectations. But certainly 12 months in now and you know he's found a direction with this Yaris. I think he's going to be a much stronger proposition this year. And in my eyes... 
I've listed him as in my contenders for the title for in the season preview. So I'm I'm expecting him to challenge. But you're right, he's going to be taking points off Cali in the team. So it's another factor and variable that Cali's going to have to deal with. Is that he's got not only has he got a t- he's got title threats coming from M Sport and Hyundai, but he's also got them from his own team. So it's it's. It's a really fascinating prospect. Uh, it really is. And in Monte Carlo, for example, you are going to put your house on OGA to win this round. So that's already a, a win that's potentially going to be taken away from from a lot from all of the title contenders. So in many ways, <laughs> yeah. where the battle for second in Monte Carlo is is actually the most interesting if OJ is running away for it because that's really the victory. So it's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's a fascinating prospect. You've seen some car testing videos. What do you think? We can say that Toyota and Hyundai have definitely made changes to their cars. I'm, I'm not, I will, you know, correct me if I'm wrong and I'll find out this week, but certainly from the outside, you couldn't see anything different on the M Sport car other than a very striking new livery. Um, so the Hyundai guys have, have worked well. They've they've been quite clever, actually. In fact, I think perhaps the most interesting of the developments is they've extended the bonnet and flattened it to sort of create a quasi sort of front splitter. Um, to help with downforce on the front of their car, which I have, none of the others have done. Um, whether that works or not it, it is, you know, remains, remains to be seen, but still a clever innovation. And they've completely redone their rear wing and some of the rest of the aero, so, which was probably one of the areas that they were deficient in compared to the others uh, last season. So, you know, we will see how that goes. Toyota, again, uh, their cool little side pods are now gone uh, because they even said that they overestimate the amount of cooling they needed for the hybrids. So they've those have gone. We've got a much smoother, sleeker looking uh, rear end of that Yaris now. And um, so the aero is obviously where they've worked on there as well as the engine. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who's who's done the best over the winter. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. If, you know, Sport and sports for pure may not look that different but we've been assured that there is plenty of development going on this year and will carry on this year so um we could well see some changes uh later down the line i think it's got a fantastic looking livery as well as it did last year so you know if you judge it on what the cars look like well if you, if you uh <laughs> i did like the fact that M sport you know they because they, they're not, obviously not a full manufacturer team they do have a bit more sort of free license over what they can do with their livery so they they make the most of it and, and fair play to them for doing it but i think this must be the first dark synth inspired music livery i've ever seen in motorsport so fair play to them for going down quite a niche avenue and pulling something off no, I love it. So getting back to my point of I'm really excited about this year in WRC. I think if someone hasn't tried it and they're listening to the Autosport podcast and maybe they've not given it a go, I really think that go in with an open mind. Fans will know how exciting this year is going to be. You might just be surprised. With three strong teams already, as you've mentioned it already, look, you know, it's it's small but perfectly formed. If this year is legendary, could that possibly strike up boardroom conversations as there's more electrification coming in both road cars and rally, the likes of Subaru, BMW, Mitsubishi, etc., could we see possibly a greater excitement around maybe more entrance one day? Um, it's a difficult. That's a very difficult question to answer, and I think if you're being realistic, the boat has probably sailed for this cycle of rules because it only, only finishes this cycle finishes in 2024. For a manufacturer to come in, you need 18 months to really do this properly so i think we're looking at the next cycle of rules which will be a evolution of rally one it will be very similar but there'll be some tweaks to it so it's interesting this is a really key point for the wrc and the fia at the moment is that 
they really need to try and attract some new manufacturers to this sport. Um, obviously, we've seen what's happening in WEC at the moment. So we know other series is, you know, it can be done. It can be, you know, you can revive a series with a, a very exciting set of re- rules and regulations. They've had lots of conversations with manufacturers over the last year to try and work out exactly what regulations need to change to to get these people involved. Um, interestingly, over the, the winter and in fact last weekend, we saw Renault launch their new Rally 3 car. So now this is an interesting development in terms of it's now we now have two manufacturers in the Rally 3 sphere with Ford and Renault. Now Renault to commit a in, into that sort of says that you know they're still keen in rallying. They want to be involved, but it has to work for them. So in that area, it clearly works for them. So surely if we can get to a rule set where it's uh it works for for renault maybe we will see renault join the top period as well you know to pyramid to have that you know the box tick in all all three pyramids of the rally you know the top level of the fia rally pyramid so for me there needs to be some tweaks to the regulations um don't get me wrong i think the rally one has worked but it's far too expensive um so they need to find a way of being able to see what is going on in Rally 2, where we've got 27 entries for Monte Carlo. And uh, that, you know, with the likes of Oliver Solberg, Gus Greenswift, Adrian Formo, who all competed in WRC last year. So t- clearly Rally 2 works uh, as, a, as, a, as a class with the amount of entries. Perhaps they need to take a little bit from that area and combine it with Rally 1 to bring the cost down. And maybe we'll see some more top level entries. Well, you kind of half answered by my last question, which was uh, going to be, you know, if if you take what I've said at the beginning, that the WRC is a sleeping giant, it's about to explode this year. What do you think the series has to do to fully wake up with a wider audience? Obviously, cost cutting is, you know, is a big thing as well to get more entrants. Anything else they can do to engage the fans? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely some areas that we should keep an eye on this year they're launching their first 24 7 news sort of an entertainment platform shall we say um call uh, which yeah we will launch in the second quarter of the year it is still a subscription model which is what they have now but it brings not only wrc but rally world rally cross european rally championship it brings it all under one umbrella one sort of area so it's your go-to place to watch any rallying if they can if they can pull that model off uh well then it really could work for them. But for me, it's still, I know it's an old fashioned situation, but there just needs to be more more eyeballs that don't watch rally on watching rally, if that makes sense. And that means having some more sort of free to air access. Um, like for example, I know Finland's a rally hotbed, but the rally Finland was on the free to air uh, network over there and on their streaming service as well. And I think the stat was that um, you know, there was five and a half million streams. So that means that at least one person in Finland watched r- that rally for one hour is, is the way it works out. So clearly there's, you know, there's demand for it, but you've got to find your places. And the UK is still, you know, I know we're not on the calendar and we've been away for a while, but still, there is still a hotbed here. It's still a heartland. Um, so it just needs a bit more exposure uh, you know, not tucked away on you know highlights on a on ITV at uh, like on the Tuesday after the rallies at quite late at night. It needs to be for me. What I would like to do if I was in charge was make the power stage the rally ending power stage. Put that on free to air networks across the world. Just that stage as a way to hook people in because 
though it's often the most exciting stage that you know it's a you know these drivers are are on the limit because they want to get the extra points that are on offer you it's a real showcase of what the sport is in a very like quick window so if you can get that out to as many eyeballs as possible you may hook some people in so if i was in charge that's what i would do but uh, I'm not in charge. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I can only just put forward my suggestions. But, I, it, but again, it, it's, getting, it's getting the access out there. We, we do the best we can through social media because whenever we see something cool or something crazy, we try and put it out there to, you know, to show people that, you know, these, this is absolutely mad what's going on. Like, you know, so there needs to be a bit more of that. WRC does a very good job itself with its own socials, but I do feel like there needs to be a, a point where, Yes, I know that you know it costs money to to be able to put, and you're going to lose some money by putting some uh, a stage on free to air or whatever. But I think the loss is worth the gain uh, in the bigger picture in the long run. Um, I you know I could be corrected, you know, correct me if I'm wrong over that WRC, but that's my my gut feeling. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the Autosport Podcast to fill us in on World Rally Championship this year we're actually going to continue now and listen to some of the driver interviews that that you have been doing Uh, but we're going to put this show on the gravel notes podcast channel so if you're listening to this on the autosport channel and you really really enjoy rally maybe you're more interested this year uh, go ahead and search gravel notes podcast you'll find it and that's where we tend to do some longer stuff we have interviews team interviews driver interviews that uh, you know we know the autosport audience are probably here for a little bit of everything so feel free to go ahead and subscribe to that gravel notes podcast if you want to and we will be discussing how well the first event went in just a few days time thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one sports social podcast network Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.